This is Digital Story Podcast number 927, December 26, 2023. Today's theme is the fourth ingredient in a recipe for success. I'm Derek Story. I was thinking about all of the great tools I have access to for my photography, sophisticated cameras, intelligent software, tons of information. And if I were only after good pictures, that's all I would need. But what if I wanted something more? Special images that require a fourth ingredient. And that's the subject of today's lead story. I hope you enjoy the show. This churn began a little over a week ago when I was out for a portrait shoot in a local park. It was a beautiful late afternoon with the sun hanging low in the sky. I was working with Victoria, who had helped me out back in the lynda.com days. I needed illustrations for an article on Phil Flash that I was writing for LiveView. I opted for the Nikon ZF in the Fujifilm X100V for the assignment. The X100 was going to be an example of cameras that have built-in flashes. And the Nikon was going to host the Lux Senior external flash that I had discussed a couple weeks ago. The point of the article was that I could have taken all of the pictures with any camera or smartphone, letting the device make all of the decisions. Or I could intervene by adding flash and finding the perfect output that still looked natural, but smoothed out contrast and filled in shadows. I would start at each location by looking at the lighting and how it was illuminating Victoria. Then ask myself, what could I do to make it better? In the case of the 100V, I used TTL flash, but dialed it down two-thirds of a stop. With the Nikon, I started with manual flash at half power, then increased or decreased the output depending on how I liked the first exposure. As I worked each scene, it dawned on me how much I liked this process. I own four of the most sophisticated cameras in the world. The iPhone 15 Pro Max, OM System OM-1, Fujifilm X100V, and the Nikon ZF. Each one of them is capable of producing perfectly acceptable photographs in auto-everything mode. And I love that technology. I would not give up a single feature in any of these cameras. Subject detection, pro capture, sensor-based image stabilization, high ISO performance, film simulation, wireless communication, portrait enhancement, skin smoothing, and the list goes on and on. But what really excites me is that these tools are at my disposal for when I choose to use them. I make the creative decisions, not the camera. During that photo shoot in the park, I knew I didn't need to tap portrait enhancement or skin smoothing on the Nikon because of the lighting I had created. And Victoria's complexion just didn't need it. With the X100V, I added the Nisi Black Mist Filter for a lovely rendering. The shots from the two cameras are different, but I like them both. And they both have my thumbprint all over them. The same is true for during post-processing. The AI-powered tools are my able-bodied photo assistants, not the creator, the assistants. 
I refuse to relinquish control. I decide when to apply AI noise reduction or any of the other options. I believe these are the best of times for photographers. We have access to, number one, amazing gear, number two, sophisticated software, and number three, tons of information. But there's a fourth ingredient, us, you and me. It's our contribution to the equation that makes a creation personal, something truly unique. Years ago, I heard the story about a lady named Kate who went back to her butcher who had recently sold her a cut that she used for corned beef. She stood at the counter and explained how difficult the meal was to chew. The butcher respectfully listened to Kate tell her entire story. When she finished, he paused for a moment, then said, But I, Kate, there's a little in the cooking of it. The cooking of it is our great opportunity as artists. We have the smartest tools available to help us. But remember, they work for us, not the other way around. Let's not relinquish our power to make something truly spectacular. The beloved photography gear that no one uses anymore. You can read this entire article on petapixel.com and I have a link in the show notes. And by the way, I also have a link to the photos in live view that I was just talking about in the previous story, all the shots of Victoria that I did with Phil Flash. There's a link to that article. It's a free link, so anyone can go there and check it out. But let's get back to the beloved photography gear that nobody uses anymore. I thought this was kind of fun, and somehow I felt like it was connected to our lead story today. So I'm just going to give you the highlights and then you can go to Petapixel and read the rest on your own. Here we go. As we wrap up 2023, a year that featured a ton of incredible photography gear that will undoubtedly feature in many photographers' kits for years to come, we begin to wonder what popular photography gear from years past is much less common now. Here we go. We got a bunch of them. We're going to start out with Pocket Wizard from Ubiquitous to Rare. Our internal discussions kicked off with Pocket Wizard. Unlike a later entry, the company still exists and some photographers still use Pocket Wizard remote triggers as part of their work, including sports photographers. But these radio triggers used to be everywhere and now they're rarely seen. The company's last major firmware upgrade was in 2019, and even then, the company had lost much of its once powerful stronghold on the photo industry, and a new product release had slowed to a trickle. What happened? Well, a bunch of things. The most significant shift is that many flashes began to include integrated radio triggering technology, drastically reducing the need for an external triggering system. Pocket Wizard products are also costly, and when they were the only major player, that was fine. But cheaper alternatives came along, and Pocket Wizard suffered greatly even a decade ago. Here's another one. Camera companies no longer release many first-party flashes. Related first-party flashes are also much less common these days for reasons similar to the dramatic downfall of Pocket Wizard. 
Affordable, feature-rich, third-party lighting options have undoubtedly affected camera makers. Brands like Godox, Nissan, and Profoto, among many others, have supplanted camera companies in the strobe space. For example, in Nikon's DSLR days, the company frequently released new SB speed lights. Nikon's current flagship speedlight, the SB5000, launched in 2016. Coincidentally, it was also Nikon's first flash that included an integrated radio trigger. Canon announced a new speedlight, the EL5, over a year ago. It was the company's first flash for the EOS R system, arriving a few years after the original EOS R camera. First-party flashes may matter quite a bit to Sony shooters soon, though as the company's upcoming A9 III camera can sync flash at any shutter speed, assuming the flash is up to the task. I haven't bought a manufacturer flash in a long time. I don't need very many flashes these days. I just I carry the, the Godox now in my Nikon bag, and I have a Nissan that I carry with the OM-1. And with the X100V, it has a built-in flash, so I just use that. So yeah, I'm kind of part of that situation where I don't want to spend $500 on a manufacturer flash that has all the bells and whistles that I don't really need. But here's the one that I think is super appropriate for our audience, especially because we have a lot of mirrorless shooters, a lot of OM-1 shooters here, a lot of folks that have IBIS uh, in their camera. All right, here we go. Lighter lenses, better IBIS, and improved high ISO performance has turned the monopod into the dodo. The lengthy transition to mirrorless camera systems has also impacted another former staple of many photographers' kits, the monopod. As mirrorless cameras and their lenses get smaller and lighter and in-body stabilization improves, the monopod is no longer the vital stability accessory it once was, at least for photography. Another factor is the incredible high ISO capabilities of modern image sensors. It used to be that photographers had to be very mindful of their ISO, which of course affected the usable shutter speed range. There is no longer any issue cranking up the ISO to 6400 or 12800 or even higher on many cameras, meaning that shutter speeds can stay higher and camera shake is much less of a concern. Between lighter lenses, better camera stabilization, and improved ISO performance, the only photographers who still use monopods are people working with the 400mm f2.8, 600mm f4 lenses, which themselves are becoming less common in the age of super light compact telephoto lenses with slower apertures. And then they go on. Uh, another one they have, as cameras get more features, external accessories lose value. And there's a picture of a cabled remote release. When's the last time you've used one of those? Bigger and better memory cards killed Narbox. Oh man, I never even had a Narbox, but <laughs> I, just, I just use my memory cards and my laptop. That's another one. And then they wrap up with, Obsolescence is in the eye of the beholder. To be clear, plenty of compelling reasons exist to use any of the equipment we discussed. If something is helpful to you, it's not obsolete. It's a vital part of your toolkit. 
However, that doesn't change the fact that there are accessories that have gone from essential to barely even seen for various reasons, primarily because the need for particular gear has been reduced due to advances in camera technology. And there have been a lot of advances in camera technology. Kind of a fun story. It's on Petapixel. You can see the other entries they have and uh, take a look at all the pictures. It's a good read. The iPhone 15 Pro wins Best Camera Award 2023. This article is on F-Stoppers. I have the link in the show notes and you can read the entire article there. Camera phones are now being taken more seriously than ever before. The improvements in technology have made it so that the results you can produce with a smartphone in many cases can rival those of proper cameras. And this year, one major award has been given to Apple for its latest flagship phone. The Apple iPhone 15 Pro received the award for having the best camera for 2023 from Marquis Brownlee. Also known as MKBHD, Brownlee has become one of the most respected voices in tech industry. Receiving an award from him is now quite a sought-after accolade for many smartphone manufacturers. Additionally, Apple also won the award for having the best battery this year, although this award was given to the iPhone 15 Plus and not the Pro model. Of course, the whole award ceremony wasn't just about Apple. Brownlee offers awards to several different manufacturers for various categories. To find out who won in each category, check out the full video link above. And that is in the article. And you can do that if you go to the article on fstoppers.com. I shared this little bit of information because there really has been some back and forth. And I guess there's always back and forth, right? about if the iPhone 15 Pro is really a step forward for Apple in terms of the camera itself. And for those of us that are using them, I think a lot of us will say that it is, especially if you have the Pro Max and you have the 5X telephoto that I talked about last week, in addition to all the other tools that you have. Now, going back to my first story, however, all of these tools are great in the iPhone, but I'm not gonna just let the iPhone be my only camera, or I'm not going to let it just run amok without me intervening. You know, there are a lot of choices on how to use the iPhone or any other smartphone, and I'm going to intervene in order to get the sort of images that I want. But I do appreciate not only having the 5X telephoto lens on the 15 Pro Max, but I also like having the ultra wide, and that allows me to have the iPhone in my pocket for those two kind of extreme ends. And then with my camera that has the interchangeable lens or my X100V, then I can use my favorite fast aperture mid-range lenses, knowing that I have the two ends covered with the iPhone 15 Pro Max. It's a wonderful luxury to have. That way my proper camera has a smaller compact lens on it, and I don't have to carry a whole bag full of other lenses. That bag of lenses is in my pocket with the iPhone 15 Pro Max. So it's a really terrific combination uh, that I feel very lucky to have. And I'm glad they won an award. I, I think that it's deserving, at least in my experience. 
Okay, let's take care of a little virtual camera club news. I'm going to start out this week uh, with the workshops because I want to remind folks that we have a spring workshop coming that's in Sedona. And I was just talking with my brother the other day on the phone. My brother lives in Flagstaff, Arizona, goes down the mountain, down Oak Creek Canyon to Sedona area all the time, Cottonwood, which is where our headquarters will be. And I was telling them, I was going, we're coming back in the spring this year. Really looking forward to having dinner with my brother again, of course. But I said, what I'm really hoping to do is catch a little spring-like feeling in those favorite areas that I like. And he said, yes. And then you also have the opportunity to go to some of the areas that we didn't have a chance to get to uh, last fall. And my brother helped me scout uh, before the workshop happened. And I said, yes. And so we've got two new sites that we're going to, I'm very excited about, uh, that we weren't able to cover uh, in the fall. And then if we do hit it right, if there's a good enough uh, rain this winter, which it feels like there's going to be, and there's some wildflowers on the floor of the desert and uh, all those great areas that already have fantastic scenery, it's really gonna be lovely. So I am very much looking forward to going out to Sedona this coming spring. If you wanna read more about it, just go to thenimblephotographer.com, click on workshops, or go to thedigitalstory.com and click on workshops, and you can read all about it. And there you can get your name on the reserve list. We still have two seats open for that workshop. It's only $200 deposit, so you can put down the $200 deposit, and then your seat is secured. I'm telling you, I think it's gonna be a terrific time in Sedona this spring. I hope you can join us. I wanna give a big shout out to our Inner Circle members and welcome our new Inner Circle members. We have some new additions to our group. It's so much fun when we have new people join us and they jump right in the conversation on Derek's story online in the Inner Circle space there. Our Inner Circle members, as we wrap up 2023, has so much to do with the success of this year and will have so much to do with us moving forward in 2024. Uh, even though it doesn't cost a lot to be an Inner Circle member, you, you can do an annual donation of just $54 for the whole year. $54, or you can do $5 a month. And then not only does that give you access to the areas for our Inner Circle members, but it also gets you discounts on all of the workshops. So you can imagine if you're going to a workshop that costs $1,200, you get a 10% discount, that's $120. Well, that covers two years of being an Inner Circle member with all of the other benefits. So it's not really a bad deal financially either, is it? <laughs> At any rate, a big thanks to all of our Inner Circle members for supporting this community, this podcast. If you wanna learn more, just click on the Patreon tile that's on all the pages of the digital story. And finally, a big shout out to our friends at Red River Paper. We wrapped up the online printing workshop last week. What a fantastic workshop. We've got another one coming next year that we still have seats open for. By the way, you can sign up for it again if you go to the workshops page on Nimble Photographer. So we've got another one coming up, but the one that we wrapped up, you know, every time 
I do a workshop. Even though I've done it before, I try to make it better. Every time I try to make it better. And everyone who's attended the previous workshops, in this case printing, they have access to all the materials, all the content, everything. It's like a firmware update for your workshops. It really is. And so I just think that there's such terrific things. And if you want to learn about inkjet printing, if you want to learn about infrared photography, these online workshops are great because you have the workshop itself. It's ever evolving. You become part of that workshop community that just grows with every workshop. And then we have people like Red River Paper behind us on the inkjet workshop. And so as they learn new things, as new people come into their fold, they share that with us too. And that's the kind of sponsor that I truly appreciate. Someone that is a partner, someone that is in the fabric of our community, of what we're really doing. And they helped us out so much for this last workshop that we just had, providing so much vital information. And they will continue to help us and will be a part of the next upcoming workshop. If you want to learn about inkjet printing, printers, paper, all that good stuff, just click on the Red River Paper Tile that's on all the pages of the digital story or go to their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Red River Paper, longest running sponsor of the digital story and partner in a lot of what we do here. Big thanks to Red River Paper for sponsoring this show. All right, that's going to do it for me this holiday week. I'm going to get back to the festivities. Hope you're having a good week as well. We have another podcast next week. We're not going to miss a beat. Come join us. Until then, spend some time with friends and family. Get out there, take some pictures. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye now.